Welcome to another episode of Muppet Up, the number one Muppet podcast in the world. Um, today is a pretty special episode. It's different. We're switching it up today, aren't we, Jack? We are. We uh, we're going to talk about a very special movie, and then and then we're going to talk to a very special friend. That's true. That friend being Jamie Stewart from the band Shushu. Yes. We got Jamie in the Muppet Up studio, and we talked to him. Digitally. Digitally. Virtually. Yeah, yeah. It was a virtual studio. Mm -hmm. And we talked to him about the movie Labyrinth. A um, little bit. A little bit, along with plenty of other Muppet things. So we definitely have that to look forward to in today's episode. But. Yeah. Because we know that that is probably what most people are trying to listen for. Yeah. We're going to keep it at the end. A little, so little clickbait. We can It'll be do all break. the other shit that we want to do first, yeah. and you'll have to listen. Or skip, because I feel like when I post this places, I'll be like, the interview really starts at 32 minutes and That's 40. Weak. I might do that. I mean, I want to give the people what they want. I don't well, want to... they can find it. Well, they could find it. It'll be after the break. If you're listening to this now, after the break, we're going to interview Jamie Stewart from Shushu. And it's great. I mean... You're ruining it. Okay. I'll stop. Thank you. But we're just going to get right into it on this episode. We're going to discuss... No, no, f*** this. What? I'm get, do it on your own. No. Jack. F*** it. Dude, no, dude come on. I'm done. What did I do? I'm done talking about it. About what? Are you done with the podcast? Yeah, this is it. This is my last one. I'll stay. This is this your last episode? Yeah. What the f***? What? What? F*** this. What? F*** what? Fuck the Muppets. No. What? No, no, I'm kidding. That was... I couldn't do that to you. I couldn't do that to our fans. If you... I would tear them apart. If you quit if the I podcast, I, I... Who would you get? Well, I mean... Jamie? If you, I would ask Jamie. He'd do it. He would. He would, actually. I'm sure he would. Of he course. was into it, so... <laughs> um... On a serious note, though, guys. Yeah. I was just joshing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not Thanks to, for Not to alienate you guys or anything. We were just... That was a joke. We were just kidding. Um, yeah, we watched Labyrinth today. Yeah, let's get into it. Today we watched... Oh, yeah. So to finish the thought real quick. Yeah. We're changing up the format. We usually talk about the movie at the end of the, of the episode yeah. or whatever we're talking about. We talk about the end. We do other at the beginning. This time... Starting with Labyrinth, getting into it, get out of the way, and then we'll get into Jamie and... Yeah, and we do games yeah. and all this. Yeah, so all the good fun stuff that you love Muppet Up is actually going to happen in the second half. Yeah. We're going to get through the grueling part first. We watched Labyrinth. Oh, boy. And what do we have to say about that? We recorded an episode about Labyrinth. Yeah. Uh, like six months ago. S maybe maybe more. Definitely Seven more. or eight like, yeah, months ago. Seven or eight months ago. When Muppet Up was first starting to be recorded... 
Jack, Lenny, and I. You'll Lenny, remember Lenny from uh, you know, friend of the pod, family of the pod, from Elmo, Elmo Grouchland, Grouch the Elmo Grouchland episode. Uh, we all recorded together uh, in San Diego, mm-hmm. uh, an episode about Labyrinth. Didn't go well. It didn't go well at all. So we watched it again, though. So to stay for we watched we it again watched today. today. Isaac, yeah. What did you think? <sighs> what did I think? Also through the lens of we just talked about Dark Crystal. Yeah. Well, I guess on a previous, context previous is important episode. on this one. Yeah. Previous this is, episode, Dark Crystal. Yeah. This episode, Labyrinth. Next episode, we'll see. We'll think about it. This was Jim Henson's uh, second directed film that is not a Muppet movie. Uh, definitely heavily features Muppets and puppets. Um 1986 stars Jennifer Conley and David Bowie. And it was a failure to the box office. It lost, I believe, around $13, $14 million, something crazy like that. That's a lot of butter. Yeah. But But. uh, going into this the first time we recorded the episode, I was pretty sure that I hated Labyrinth. Uh, I actually had never seen it before. And when we watched it last time... Uh, you just hated what you didn't know. Well, again, Dark Crystal's a tough one for me. It's not one of my favorites. Um, but, uh, you know, I had an open mind for going into Labyrinth, and I had an open mind for Dark Crystal again. And I liked it, as we know, better than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we watched Labyrinth that first time, you know, that seven or eight months ago, it kind of knocked my socks off. It kind of blew yeah. my mind. Yes. There is something very special about this movie and something very different than what is special about The Dark Crystal. Yeah. This movie, I think, looks f***ing phenomenal. Holds up. Like, straight up, holds up very well. I mean, the movie opens with a the first ever photorealistic CGI animal. Um, it was an owl. It's an owl that kind of flies that across. True? What? That's yeah, it is true. First one. That's the first one in, featured in a feature length film. Yeah. So Good for them, it, it looks it looks okay. Um, there's like some things that are a little weird about it, like the reflection of of the water that isn't there. I don't know. It's kind of trippy. But uh, there is um, this movie is riddled with practical effects and, and riddles. And riddles. It's riddled with riddles. Absolutely. It's a labyrinth. I always wanted to uh, make a rockumentary mm-hmm. called Riddled with the Ruddles. Riddled with Ruddles. About the Ruddles. Well, but that would be the twist, though. <laughs> it's actually about the association. Well, the Ruddles do have plenty to do with this film. Um, doesn't a Monty Python actor write it? Am I incorrect? I don't know. Let me let me double check if this. You can back that up and make that connection. Good on you. I know George I Lucas was, was um, talked about. Uh, he was he was talked to when when the movie was being developed. Let's see. This shit was written by Terry Motherfucking Jones. Bam! I I pulled that right out of my ass. Well, good on you. Yeah, he R- could be riddled with ruddles. Yeah, but what I was saying was that there's Sorry. practical effects throughout this that are honestly incredible <laughs> like yeah. the the film opens and uh you're 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 with Jennifer Conley's character i believe her name was Sarah it was the first puppets you see are when she is reading 
the book The Labyrinth, and she is trying to think of the phrase that makes the Goblin King come take away her baby Toby. And you see these goblins, and they look f***ing awesome. Yeah. That first shot, when first you shot first see those like, puppets, wow. it is like... The construction of them comes is, out of nowhere too. It comes out of nowhere, and it's just like they're here. They are. Mm -hmm. The construction of these puppets is spectacular, and the way they're lit and framed in this shot, like, gets me every time. It's just like, wow, this is stunning. It yeah. looks you couldn't make that look any better. It would look worse if it was uh, computer generated imagery. I I truly think. Yeah. Um. Then we, you know, she goes into the labyrinth. She meets Bowie. Bowie? What do you mm -hmm. think of Bowie in this movie, Jack? I love Bowie in this movie. Yeah. I think he, obviously, his his costume didn't age well. Obviously, oh, yeah, sure. that looks a little silly. Yeah. Not that these types of movies can't have a little bit of silly in them and be able to get away with it. It reads a little bit like a misstep. But yeah. but just to get that out of the way. Yeah. It it's definitely a thing that people think of when they yeah. think of labyrinth. Uh-huh. Well, Jamie as yeah. as we'll hear. Yeah, yeah. We talk about it with Jamie. Mm -hmm. Some of the, one of the few things he remembers about it. Yeah. I aside from that think he did an amazing job. Yeah. I love the way he's uh, he interacts with the the Muppets. It's very interesting to hear that he originally had trouble acting with the Muppets cuz it confused him to be hearing the voices. You know, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Mouths. Yeah, because someone's reading the lines from, yeah. so, from off camera. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was it, he was having a hard time making eye contact with the with the Muppets uh. and stuff. But and I think he interacts with them great. It looks like the the best thing about a human actor in a movie with mostly puppets or a movie where he interacts with mostly puppets is when it seems like the guy is just having blast hanging yeah. out with puppets same with Muppet Treasure Island yeah with Tim, with Curry. Tim Curry he seems like he's having an awesome vacation as we talked yeah. about populated by Muppets yeah similar to Bowie and I think the way the ways that he kind of overacts feels authentic to his character it, it doesn't he's, I, I was, he's playing up being a diva I was kind of thinking he doesn't really he doesn't overdo it in the way that's like Oh boy! Of like typical, he overacts, but in a way that isn't typical of of what comes to mind when you say that someone is overacting. Yeah, he, like he, he's he, not like Jim Carrey overacting in a movie. No, he's just or, like uh, Steve Martin, very much like this, and he's yeah, he's, he's in he's like in really, the scene. He's, he's like very he's, mannered, but yeah. it's also it's perfect because also it's like there's so much dream shit in the movie, and it yeah. seems like it's a dream kind of you know, or I mean that's they play up the dream logic so much. Yeah. That it kind of makes sense that that's like in a, in a young girl's mind. Yes, that is what the villain of the story is like. And also, he's like, he's not even really a villain. I mean, he he's teaching her a lesson. He is, yeah, that's a good point. the The ending is he's he, teaching her he a lesson. Teaches her a lesson, and also he doesn't do anything that her mind doesn't create for him to do. Also, yeah. he lets her go at the end. Yeah, I mean, he does he does very devious things, like when he uh, yeah. tries to murder her. Um, yeah, sure. But it's chill. It was to teach her a lesson. I think Bowie's songs are great in this. Yeah, um, I, better than I remember them being. I do really like his Babe song. Yeah, that one's great. I think That's that one's really fun. I think for the most part, this music is 
again over the top and and very theatrical. But that's the that's the deal. That's the conceit. The only song I don't really like is the one of the uh, he- head removing puppets. Yeah, because the mixing is god awful, and that, I can't. Also, that that segment looks the worst. Well, it does. They're doing this green screen effect, and it's not. It doesn't hold. It's up. the thing that that ages. Yeah, it aged the worst. The worst. And the mixing of that song, I can't hear what they're saying. It's like, yeah. it's kind of funny how they're saying it. Yeah. But it's just like, and like, that scene's also, they could have cut it out and I wouldn't have lost any bit no. of the story. No. It's, no, nothing. It no. doesn't add to the movie. No. Uh, although I guess I do like how some of those puppets look. Yeah. And I like when they return at the end. I think that's, yeah. that's or at least the one or two return at the end. Mm-hmm. I do want to touch... Michael. I do want to touch Hoggle. I want to touch Jack on, on Hoggle. Hoggle, our favorite little guy. Yeah, Hoggle, who fucks, who we have decided fucks, and you know he fucks because the first time you see him, he's pissing into a puddle to avoid getting a UTI. Hoggle, when yeah. you look at a still image of him online or something, yeah, he looks fucked up. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't look good. Yeah, yeah. But there's something about how he looks and moves in this fucking movie mm-hmm. that is spectacular. Yeah. It's amazing. He's a triumph. He's absolutely a triumph. It blows my fucking mind to see him. He's made of his face 18 motors, took five people to operate him. And there's one amazing woman inside of him. That's true. It looks awesome. And there's so many instances of very complicated puppets in this movie mm-hmm. that work so much better than the Dark Crystal. Like, I'll I'm give you sorry. That. I'll give you that. They look so... Yep. Like, all of the goblins look way better than the best puppets in the Dark Crystal. Yes, there's four years in between, and I think that goes to show, and I'm happy that we have a document of, yeah. of Jim Henson in 1982 and Jim uh-huh. Henson in 1986. Yeah. Because there was clearly... Uh, a huge difference of mm-hmm. what was capable. And the, of course, there's an evolution of you have to do this before you get to this. But everything looks incredible. That little fucking worm, dude. Oh my God. Beautiful little worm. There's something about the way that worm is lit and yep. how like just cute and fun and yep. real he looks. There's an amazing little British worm in this movie. Blink and you'll miss him, but when he's there, he really makes a mark. He really makes a mark. He's he makes a, a lovely huge difference. little fella. Amazing worm. Ludo, God love him. Very interesting. Very interesting puppet. Great guy. I love I love the look of every single puppet in this movie. I'm going to just go out and say it. Yeah, I, I mean, nothing's jumping out as something that didn't really work visually. Every puppet in this movie. Muppet-wise. I mean, every Muppet in really this work. movie yeah. looks phenomenal to me. You know what my favorite poetry moment in this movie is? What is it, Jack? Any guesses? My guess on your favorite puppetry moment? Mm-hmm. The doorknobs? No. What? My favorite puppetry moment in Labyrinth is when she's falling. Oh, she's my caught God, by dude. all the hands. That what is some sequence. of the most insane. It's And it's so simple. Have you seen the footage of them doing it? I believe they do it in reverse. Um because I've only seen her go up it in the footage. Oh, really? Uh, so I think they do it in reverse, huh. which I, I'm 
uh, curious to w- why that was. It looks so cool. Yeah. In the faces it's, they make. It's such a simple thing, but it is the most visually stunning thing in the entire movie. And one of the yeah. most visually stunning things I've seen in a, in a movie at all. It, truly. I it mean, it is amazing. So for those who haven't seen it recently, then yeah. we can't expect everyone to know exactly what we're talking about, about everything right away. Um, we, you know, we're definitely coming at it as people who've watched it watched today. It, uh, about f- yeah. 11 hours ago. Uh, but there's a sequence where our main character, Sarah, as played by a wonderful Jennifer Connelly, who mm-hmm. we'll hear more about later. Um, is falling through a, a long, down a long shaft. And on all sides, there was all of these hands that look like maybe they're coated in silicone or something. They are, are they create sort of a rock stone Yeah, effect. they're supposed to look like they're made of rock, kind of, and they're grabbing at her, but then they keep with maybe like one, two, three, four, five, like six or six, between six and 12 hands will make up faces sometimes there's some that were like four like yeah and then just there were simple. some yeah there were some that were very simple yeah but they look like real faces made out of all of these different hands and a variety there's so many different ones that they do just and it's yeah. just brilliant mind-blowing it's just and the way they come together they come together to then talk to sarah yeah, then, as yeah on her then way they down. move and make expressions yeah it's really it's really gorgeous that's my favorite puppetry moment in this movie. that probably is mine too other than the worm and Hoggle, I really do just like. Yeah. And Hoggle being like such a main character and very much on screen, his full body on screen, um, being able to pull that off is is amazing. Um, this brings me yeah. to my favorite part of this movie. What's your favorite part of the movie? Baby Toby. B T O B. Tobes. Hey. Let's talk about him. Brian Froud's son, Toby Froud. Toby. Plays a gorgeous role in this film as, as the baby. The baby Toby. Yeah, Toby as baby Toby. Toby he is Brad. a baby named Toby. He is the little brother of our main character, Sarah, as played by the wonderful Jennifer Connelly. He looks exactly how I looked as a baby. He, I don't know if you've seen photos of me of, as like baby Toby age. Yeah, I know. I think I have. I look very much like BT. Mm-hmm. You look also kind of like what are those like little stress dolls that when you squeeze when you them squeeze their at the eyes base, their, their eyes and their... ears pop out. Uh, what's that called? I don't know. E- write us at eight two one Thomas Street Southwest Olympia nine eight five zero two. Yeah, if if you uh, if you know what those are called, because that's kind of what Isaac looked like as a baby. Yeah, but with a much rounder, perfectly circular head. It was like Elmer Fudd. It was per. It was it was like Elmer Fudd. But it, he has he has kind of a jowly thing happening that I kind of had too, where my my head was both mm-hmm. perfectly circular uh, and cylindrical, but yeah, also very Gross? rectangular. Wow! It was just it was all of that. It was a it was a confounding shape, much like many of the wonderful shapes in Jim Henson's Labyrinth, a movie full of wonderful and confounding shapes. That's true. So, what do you like about Baby Toby? Uh, I like his striped footy jammies. Adorable. It's a lovely uh, ensemble he's got going on. Do you think he was often frightened? I thought about that. During this the shooting of this movie? Probably no more than an average baby on an average day. Yeah. I don't think you have the ability... Yeah. You don't have the ability to um, really 
differentiate levels of 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 fear i don't think yeah i think it's like all unknown is equally scary so probably that baby is going to be just as scared of like rice pudding and a go- or a goblin than than a goblin yeah yeah uh, yeah a goblin and 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 a bag of sunflower seeds yeah. are probably just as confusing to you yeah he does a great job in the movie he I mean, he's a champ. He's a little champ. I mean, it, it really goes to show Jim's direction and the editing choices and shot mm-hmm. choices that he chose to work around working with a little infant. Mm-hmm. Um, when when they're in the sort of M.C. Escher yeah. uh, uh, set mm-hmm. uh, and baby Toby's life is in danger because mm-hmm. he's he's is he going up? Is he, he going down? You can't he tell. He really does a wonderful job of selling just uh, his sort of... <laughs> His sort of helplessness. Absolutely, he was you really yeah. He was committed to that. What what do you think of Jennifer Conley's performance in this movie? Great. It's not bad at all. Usually in a movie like this, yeah, the lead is like the least interesting character. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's and we talk about it in in Dark Crystal, uh, the Dark Crystal episode last last week. Yeah, about how, how Jen is Jen is just so blank, but she is full of character. And the well, the perfect amount, you know, maybe not too much. She, but she, she, I know she's yeah. well defined, and her decisions all make sense. And you understand where she's coming from pretty mm-hmm. easily, and then how all of these events can tie into her life mm-hmm. and help her learn a greater lesson. It's down to the point, and I can love this movie. It's very, very, very good. I felt fine about watching it twice in a year absolutely for me i definitely watched this a lot as a kid i liked this as a kid more than dark crystal for sure i I, I think and i still do i i stayed away from this movie because i didn't like dark crystal Mm -hmm. and that was a misstep by me and by you dad and mom because i should have watched this movie far earlier but i'm glad i have it now and i think it's time for us to give it sweetums I think you're right. Jack, I would like you to go first, I think. Unless you wouldn't want I, to. I can go first. Okay, go ahead. I'm giving Labyrinth 4.9. Dude, nice. I think it, you're right. It's one of those movies where it makes... it. It's so charming that the things that don't work, work. Absolutely. So it's, in that way, it's sort of impossible to critique. Because yeah. it's like, I mean, it's it is what it is, mm-hmm. uh, is kind of the response to anything I would want to say about it. Yeah. So I think there's like very little room for improvement. The only reasons it's keeping it away from five out of five is, yeah, the scene with the the headless, okay, uh, yeah, guys, yeah. and maybe a few, few choices here and there that maybe don't age that well, or or maybe a little bit, uh, I don't know. Uh, cheesy in ways that don't work the whole thing is cheesy of course yeah. in a way that totally does work mm-hmm. but it's so close i got it yeah 4.9 sweetums that's a great score thank you that's a great score um i'd like to step in here and give my sweetums go ahead because along with you i don't think there's much to critique here mm-hmm. five out of five sweetums for isaac beach congratulations isaac Thank you. It feels good to give my second five out of five. This movie works so well for me, mm-hmm. and I love watching it. 
Yeah. I love how it's lit. I love the colors. I love how it everything looks. The puppetry is phenomenal. It's totally groundbreaking. It works on every level. The writing is fun. The mm-hmm. acting is great. I mean, what do I say? I don't know what more I could want out of a movie, honestly. It's super fun. Are there is it are there things that are weird and off about it? Yeah, absolutely. But honestly, I think everything is pretty much in its favor. I agree with your thing about that one song isn't great. And there's a few choices here and there that are a little cheesy. But I can look past it all, baby. Yeah. And I can give that five out of five Sweetums with my whole heart. And I'm proud of it. Wow, Isaac, when's the f***ing wedding? That ends our review of 1986. Jim Henson directed The Labyrinth, a total triumph. Great movie. This movie ends in a uh, median score between Jack and me of a 4.95 Sweetums. Mm-hmm. That's pretty goddamn high. And I love this movie. Thanks for listening. Jack? We're going to take a break. Yes. And we'll be back with Jamie Stewart of Shushu. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back to Muppet Up. Welcome back to Muppet Up. Uh, with us today, we have a very special guest. Who is it, Jack? Thanks for asking, Isaac. <laughs> Our special guest is self-professed Muppet fanatic, <laughs> Jamie Stewart of of the band Shushu. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking at this like I'm reading it. Like there's yeah, there's script. there's no script on that. Now, that's cool. It, it says it's here. Nice, it's nice to have a rectangular paper crutch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you may, I know what everyone's thinking out there. Obviously. You may think we've asked Jamie to come on because he has a song called The Muppet Face. But actually, he's way more connected to the Muppets <laughs> than you might think, which leads us to our first segment, our degrees of separation from uh, the Muppets with Jamie Stewart, which I realize is not written on this piece of paper. So no, I didn't write it my down. My second piece of paper, yeah. which is titled Jamie Stewart Degrees of Muppet Separation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are three of these and i'm sure you know these i'm sure that this is what came to mind right away and you thought oh this is of course why they're asking oh yeah yeah immediately. you know exactly <laughs> what we're gonna say uh and i'm gonna i was gonna work backwards but i think it works better to not work go backwards. forward uh former member of shushu devin hoff oh De- devin hoff is a total dick just so i just want to put that out into the universe that's out in the universe hey, and- f- devin he sucks and is not, and that's not important to the to the further. It is, uh, and he was so nice to me one time at a show. That's no. not how it goes. No, no, no. No. Oh, good. Devin Hoff, former member of Shushu, released an album called Solo Bass, and it sucks. Which is terrible. It's unlistenable. <laughs> the sad part is, is he's actually a really good musician, but he's a pretty rotten person. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lori Anderson named it as one of her favorite top five favorite albums of all time. She hmm. was a guest voice in the Rugrats movie alongside Tim Curry, who stars in Muppet Treasure Island. Oh, wow. So that's, of course, one of, that's one of your Muppet connections. Yeah. Okay. You say there's two more. There's two more. Okay, go ahead. Another one is that on, on uh, your newest record, Oh No, in stores now, mm-hmm. for those Muppet Up listeners who yeah, yeah. may not be familiar with the catalog of Shushu. It's great. Check, check it out. out. On Poly We've got a big listenership here, so... Well, I'm sure we'll be funneling some fans your way. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, you do a duet with Liz Harris of Grouper, who 
has collaborated with Mayo Thompson of Red Crayola. Mm-hmm. Red Crayola was on International Artist Records, run by Kenny Rogers' half-brother Leland. Kenny Rogers was a guest on The Muppet Show. Wow. 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 That's pretty deep. And <laughs> last but not least... Um, you These are remember, impressive. You're, you're, it's you're the you, one that is very Jamie, impressive. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, and last but not least, you've collaborated... Liz, with, however, not a dick at all. She's not a dick person. at all. A oh, I'm sure. Person. I'm sure we'll have her on. Yeah, well, she's. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have her on. <laughs> she lives in the Northwest. Maybe you could. Yeah. Um, you've collaborated a lot with John Congleton. Um, he appears on your newest record. He's he's also not a dick. Great. Also a not a dick. Person. That's a relief. A totally a wonderful dick. person. He also One of my plays, dearest friends. He also plays on Love This Giant, the Annie Clark and David Byrne yes. album, and of course, Kermit does a wonderful rendition of Once in a Lifetime. There you go. That's how you are connected to the great Muppets. So, of course, everybody already knew this. This was just a review. In review, That's why we have Jamie Stewart Stewart is on our Muppet podcast. Wow, yeah, thanks. I I didn't know anyone else knew these things. (laughs) Oh, I mean... Common knowledge in this community. Come on. Cool, awesome. Um, you want to do, uh, yeah, we, at the end of, or the beginning of every episode we have a guest on, we ask, uh, three questions, the same three questions. And we want to ask you the same ones. Uh, the first is kind of your Muppet history, your background on what you know. And, and if you grew up with Sesame street and all that, what, you know, what brought you to being on Muppet up today. And the second is if you have your top three Muppets off the top of your head, what are they? And the third is, uh, who do you think the sexiest Muppet is? Oh, wow. Okay. When you ask, do Muppets and Muppets are just from the Muppet show or they include Sesame Street? We include Sesame Street and Fraggle Rock, Dark Crystal, and Labyrinth. And oh, Yoda. Yoda. And Yoda. Oh, oh so there's basically anyone, anyone who Jim Henson exactly. annually fisted? Yeah. Yes. Anybody. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, wow, that, that expands it wildly. I didn't, oh, I totally forgot about Dark Crystal. Uh, so, uh, I watched Sesame Street as a kid and, um, I had a, I had a poster of, I am, I'm a very sensitive guy Mm -hmm. and, uh, my feelings get hurt very easily. I'm very touchy, but I'm also, um, uh, I don't know, sentimental as well. I guess Mm -hmm. those things go hand in hand. So as, even as a child, probably more so as a child than I am now. Uh, and I had a poster of Grover over my bed, uh, over my bunk bed on the ceiling. Hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, I identified deeply with Grover as a kid. Um, but when the lights were turned out, somehow the lighting in the room made this Grover poster look like a terrifying monster that had nothing <laughs> to do with Grover. So I, I could, I was, it was, it was a horrible cognitive dissonance for me as a little, little kid. I would, lights were on. My emotional hero is above me, four feet above my head. Lights mm. go out. My emotional hero is trying to, you know, turn my soul into ash. <laughs> um, it the poster didn't last. I didn't want. My mom was very sweetly got me this poster and very sweetly put it over my bed because she knew I, you know, felt mm-hmm. comforted by Grover. And I didn't want to tell my mom that this very nice thing that she had done was scaring the shit out of me every night. So I endured it for, I, I don't know how long, but I remember being a couple of weeks before my mom eventually realizing that I was not sleeping and really tweaked asking what was going on. And I sheepishly told her about that. 
I also totally loved Oscar the Grouch because oh, in yeah. addition to being overly sensitive, I am also extraordinarily grouchy. <laughs> so those two creatures basically mirrored and, inf and informed my a lifelong personality. Um, and then, so anyway, so I watched those Sesame Street and then my dad, who uh, I didn't realize it until later, took a lot of drugs and loved the Muppet Show and we watched it all the time Hell yeah. when I was a kid. And I, I remember as a kid thinking like, why does my dad like this children's show so much? And now I totally know why my dad liked it. Yeah. He was size a kite while he was watching it. So it was awesome. Um, but that was a nice thing to do. He was, he was kind of, he, he had a rough, I don't know. He, he had, he had a rough life. So he was a little checked out when I was growing up and it was one of like the few things we did together. So that's a, a positive memory about, uh, them for that reason. Um, and then I totally, I, I was really into fantasy and Dungeons and Dragons and I, uh, I was absolutely loved Dark Crystal. Mm. Um, I, I mean, I remember loving it, but I haven't seen it as an adult, so I don't remember it. We watched it um, just the other day, and it, it holds up. It? It's pretty good. Oh, cool. I'll check it out. Yeah, it's a good one. I didn't, I didn't really get into Fraggle Rock. I only saw Labyrinth once um, a million years ago. And what's, what's the other associations? Yoda? Obviously, Yoda. you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm like a, a white middle-aged guy, so obviously Yoda. Yoda rules. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, that's, did I miss anybody? Any? I think that was, that was one of the, oh, oh, also my mom very weirdly had a, a really detailed Miss Piggy mask Whoa! with wow. the hair and everything. And just periodically she or friends of hers would wear it around the house. Wow. So that was a very strange image to huh. have as a little kid. I yeah. Bet. And it was hanging on the wall also, so oh, people yeah. could just kind of get access to it if you were uh -huh. tall enough whenever you wanted. Um, that kind of is one and two, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's top three Muppets, Grover. Oh, top, over, uh, top three, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, top three Muppets would probably be Animal. I'm just going to do Muppet Show Muppets because it's too couple. Because, you know, I love Grover and I don't know. Grover and Oscar together as one sure. emotional unit. Absolutely. Right. Uh, animal and uh, God, I guess. Uh, I, mean, I don't know if I feel this way as an adult, but as a kid, I really love the Swedish chef. Mm -hmm. uh, He's fun. I, I, but I don't know now if making fun of people's accents I would think was a super cool thing to do or even that funny. I mean, he's, he's one note for sure. He does the one thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, probably, you know, and I, I would guess probably this, yeah, the Skeksis. Yeah. You know, Dark Crystal. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, but that isn't a, that is an adult. I appreciate it. I'm sure they scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Oh, they, me too. They scared oh the shit out of me God. now. Oh my God. <laughs> God. <laughs> freaky. Yeah. They, you, you, for a long time, you did not want to watch that shit. <laughs> no, like I, I have I said on the show <laughs> many times, like I don't want to watch Dark Crystal. It's freaky. It's weird. It's dark. F those chickens. Yeah, <laughs> but we watched it the other day, and, and I mean, I liked it. It was good. Um, uh, sexiest, so I guess the sexy. I don't yeah. know that I really sexualize puppets. I will tell you, however, mm -hmm. that 
somebody who I'm not super close with her now, but in the early days of Shishu was a very close musical colleague. And I won't say her name now because yeah. she's become in, uh, she's known at this point. Yeah. Okay. But she admitted to me that I always kind of thought that she was asexual, but she admitted to me that actually her only sexual interest was puppets. Wow. Wow. So A, that's f-ing great that you found what works for you. Yeah. And you're honest with yourself about it. And B, yeah. also totally f-ing cool that you told me this yeah. because I think it's it blew my mind. Yeah. It continues to blow my mind regularly. Yeah. I think it's a fantastic thing to be genitally obsessed with. Is that something that you find you're, you like you're walking down the street one day and you and you remember that and it stops you in your tracks? You're like, whoa. I certainly don't think about it for long periods of time and then suddenly I go, oh right, that mm. absolutely adds up. Upon hearing that, this person made mm-hmm. twenty thousand times more sense to me as an individual. Right. Well, you should send her this podcast. <laughs> I will. I'm sure she's stoked. Yeah, but I yeah. still think about it. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I kind, I mean, I would never reveal who this person was in public. Of but if I told you, you would think it was even cooler. <laughs> I got my mind is. I I will not be able to sleep. Tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Jamie. I am not sleeping tonight. I am I am full Grover above my bed. Yeah. To be yeah. <laughs> who knows if she still feels this way now? I mean, this was a very long time ago, and you know, sure. things evolved. But at the time. Or maybe she was f-ing with me, and she just yeah. realized I'm, I, I'm, t- you know, I'm a f-ing moron, and I believe anything that sounds ridiculous. And you know, she's just whatever, hmm. otherwise relatively normal, hmm. sexual non-appetites. Yeah, it was Bjork. Yeah. <laughs> well, in her case, that would merely be self-love. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, go ahead. Thank you. Please, Jamie. Hey. Yeah. You still nervous? No, I'm not. I was really nervous before this, Jamie. You're doing but great. Thank you. Um, you have a great new record. I'm oh not, no, I'm not nervous. Oh, <laughs> I'm a total dork. So <laughs> there's no reason to feel nervous. No, I, I'm all, at all. relaxed. I'm all chilled out. I, I'm not nervous okay. at all. Thanks. Okay. You look. I mean, you still look a little nervous. Um. So <laughs> your new album. It's okay, you can get through it. It'll be okay. Okay. Um. Oh, okay. So you got a new album. Oh no, it's amazing. We've been listening to it a lot. Oh, thank um, you. Um. We want to know if you were a musical guest on a Muppet show, what oh, song geez. off the album would you choose to perform? And bear in mind that when that happens, there are lots of Muppet performers that back you up. Yeah. And, uh, sort of. I guess, like, there's a little poem, this little four-line poem at the end called Ants. Yep. I guess Ants. Like, I don't know, the songs on that record are, are not, I don't know, I wouldn't really want to put those words into a Muppet mouth. <laughs> Yeah, Ants is, is a great ending. I, I would like to do that with a massive, with you know, with the entire cast mm, yeah. saying it in unison. I would, I think, I'd be into that. that would what be I, what I appreciate about you, Jamie, is that you respect the sanctity of the puppet. You, you really do. do. You're not gonna <laughs> f- a puppet. You're not gonna make it say anything uh, hurtful. No, I don't know. I mean, you know, they got, they got, I don't, I don't need to Im- impose my psychosis onto them. The Muppets. Yeah. <laughs> they're enough of their own problems. You're the first guest to do that. Yeah. Thank you for your, <laughs> for your respect. I think, um, it's, you know, because I, I have such fond feelings for Grover. 
Of course. Absolutely. And Oscar. And this is actually, I think, a perfect segue. Go ahead. Do you see any similarities between what the Muppets and Sesame Street does and what you do? Oh, no. They sing. Oh, yeah, I guess they sing. Hey, That's true. Don't forget about oh, the singing. Caught in a lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you know, I mean, uh, I think that they deal with uh, a positive outlook on the world and sort of mm. uh, social expansiveness um, and Definitely. not to sort of self-aggrandize my Oscar the grouchiness, but that's just not really how I deal with the world. Right. Although I appreciate that they do, but I would be faking it if I tried to go down that road. Right. Yeah. You do both, uh, at least with like Sesame Street, you both make sense of complex feelings. That's kind of what I was thinking. Oh, that's that's very flattering of you. Thanks. Yeah, we, we recently watched... Um, this documentary about Sesame Street, and they go into detail about uh, how they dealt with the death of Mr. Hooper. And explaining, oh, how did they deal with it? Well, they had, I mean, it was pretty crazy, but they basically had. Did he die on the show? Like, did he? Or did yeah, he he, the life? actor died. He was hit by oh, a bus. Okay. <laughs> the actor died. <laughs> and I guess I wouldn't, I guess I was going to say that's probably better, but it's probably not really better for Mr. Hooper. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Mr. Hooper was really excited about the, about that <laughs> yeah. plot point. Yeah. What, so what did they, what did they do? They, uh, Big Bird was drawing pictures of all of the people on Sesame Street. And then he drew Mr. Hooper and says to all the adults, like, I'm excited to show this to him. And they're like, well, you can't. Mr. Hooper died. Mm -hmm. Remember what we talked about? Yeah. And, Mr. Hooper passed and away. And it's like, I mean, it's very. He's, he doesn't get it. He's like, I mean, what, he's what a five-year-old. Like, or he's, yeah. Well, he was like, oh, he's dead. Okay, well, I'll see him when he comes back. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And like, Big Bird, he's not going to come back. It's, it's honestly heartbreaking. But it's very cool how they. You know. That's. I'm glad they were direct about it. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Do you um have you listened to much of or returned to much of Muppet music or Sesame Street music? Not, um, not really. I wasn't. I mean, the music parts of it when I was a kid, what wasn't the things I was so into? Yeah, I I think or from what I'm looking, but maybe I was. I don't I don't remember that part of it very much, and I didn't really see the movies. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I remember the theme song, you know, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a mm -hmm. cool, crazy melody. And visually, I remember the band, like Dr. Teeth's band, yeah. but I don't really remember uh, what any of the music was like. Um, I have a Grover thing that might, might freak you out, but there's uh, a record I got. It's called Sesame Street Fever. Oh, I totally had that record. Yeah, there's Grover right there. Wow. I guess I wasn't in the music because I did have that record. Wow. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. Song's called Trash and Has Anybody Seen My Dog? I uh, remember Trash vaguely. There That's the Oscar song, right? Yeah. It's like not sung by him, but it's like, you know, kind of his Oh, who sings oh maybe not. Who sings it? It says Robin Gibb. Oh. That's one of the beats. Holy sh is that yeah, that's true? Can that be? I listened to it the other day. It didn't seem. I mean, well, I mean, th I think there are different versions of Trash. This must be a disco version, because Trash is a is a song that that Oscar does sing. Yeah, no, it is a disco version, and no song on this is under six minutes. It's like full disco the dance floor. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the That's... whole thing is that every one of the Sesame Street characters has caught 
Sesame Street fever and the dancing <laughs> bug. And so they're going through each. Oh. Yeah, look at the gatefold. Oh, check this out. Damn. Oh, my God. I love that. So they, that yeah, they go to, like, each oh, character. They go, to, that. they go to Bert, and he's like, oh, I'm so mad everyone's got this dancing bug. I don't want to dance. And then Ernie's like, hey, listen to this disco break. And then, bam, he's dancing. He's He, uh, I believe he... Does the pigeon? That That's is the song. Pretty much exactly how you got me into disco. <laughs> is that true? I, I, I think the, I was like, I just don't get it. Sesame Street Fever. Oh yeah! Wow. Listen to this disco again, break again. I am the Ernie to your Bert. Once again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of music, uh-huh. since this is the Labyrinth uh, episode, absolutely. Were you a Bowie fan growing up, and was the because with I guess from what I can think with my with my poor math skills that probably labyrinth era bowie was around the time you were uh, growing up and was that your introduction to him looking like 86 my uh i'm a giant bowie fan it was actually the first concert i ever went to was david Bowie. my mom took me which tour um well i was real little it was a glass spider tour wow Um, so i was well i wasn't that little when was that that would have been an 87 maybe so yeah, I mean, I was like you know nine mm-hmm. or ten, um, so pretty you know pretty little. But I mean, my dad was a musician, and so there was there was I very fortunately because of him from an early age listened to good records. Mm-hmm. He, like we didn't play a lot of music in the house because he was just in the studio all day and got kind of needed a, an ears break. Right. But on the rare occasion there was music in the house, it was always you know it was never like whatever bullshit stuff you put in the background. That yeah. Very purposely. A yeah. masterpiece of some kind. Mm-hmm. Um, so from a, I mean, it was I don't know. I mean, I am an incredible snob about music, and I know that I developed that from a very early age. That yes. it was you know pointed out to me that there was distinctions between stuff that was worth devoting you know your mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know your valuable time to and stuff that was not really worth checking out. You know, or it wasn't, wasn't, uh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. basically, I believe that to me, there is music that is good and music that is bad. Right. I mean, I'm not, I don't mean, I don't mean that, uh, intrinsically throughout the entire universe, but to me, a lot of music seems bad. Yeah. Um, David Bowie, not, Absolutely. not on the bad list. Not one of those. <laughs> no, no, no. So, yeah, huge. But, but also because of, I was listening to stuff that my dad was into. I was kind of behind the curve on a lot of seminal stuff. Mm-hmm. I think I was I was very definitely kind of over influenced by his listening habits, and so I uh-huh. wasn't really following a ton of contemporary stuff. Or if I was, it was something that came out way later. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like the first record I bought with my own money was Purple Rain, which by that time was, you know, six years old or something. Mm. Um, but it was like around the first time I was hearing it. You know, right. Um, you know, I mean, my dad was obviously, you know, he, you know, he wasn't very old when he had me, but clearly because, you know, I'm a natural born human, he was older than me. Uh-huh. Um, but because he was older than me, like his, you know, his tastes were, you know, not what a teenager would be listening to. Yeah. Uh, so I'd never really got in a labyrinth era boy. Like what? I don't even know when that came out. What? what well, that what would have been about like 86. So 86. Oh, okay. Yeah. Somehow I totally, I totally missed that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't see it until until I was a teenager. Yeah, I could I could see it being a career move to to put the record out right around similar yeah, time. Yeah, well, I think the record before 
was Let's Dance in 84. And then 87, I forget which one it is. But... Blue Jean was after that. Oh, okay. Was a Glass glass Spider or Tales from the Glass Spider, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then Blue Jean is after that. Hmm. Yeah, so somewhere in between. I, think, I might records, be wrong. I think that's it. Somewhere in between there, he strapped on a cod piece and a wig. Absolutely. And got to business. Was it a cod piece? Because that's the main thing I remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a cod piece. Giant floppy dick, but he had a huge cock. Is that true? And it always looked to me. Yeah, yeah. It always famously. It always looked to me like he just had no underpants on and was just wearing not I mean, super tight tights, mm-hmm. and it was just floppy, 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 floppy. That's, that's kind of all I remember from Labyrinth. Is his hair uh-huh. and his floppy dick. David Bowie is the sexiest Muppet. Yeah. Oh, maybe, there you yeah, go. Well, okay. yeah. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe it was it was separately puppeted. <laughs> yeah. Well, they <laughs> do. Henson. Yeah. Yeah. Via the prostate. Yeah, he's got flop cues. I don't know if you remember, but <laughs> in Labyrinth, David Bowie's character plays with this like crystal ball, and it is you know he moves it around and does all this stuff. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that now. He, he isn't the one doing it. He has someone you know from behind him <laughs> doing the. Oh ball. no. Sh- Really? Yeah, and he, David Bowie, apparently just made fun of the guy the whole time. Was like, "You're a f***ing <laughs> loser." <laughs> You're just. I thought, but my David Bowie's like a mime and all into theater stuff. I, I'm surprised he hassled that guy. Maybe <laughs> it was too close. Yeah, yeah. He was right up on him. Mm-hmm. Um, well, speaking of labyrinth, speaking of labyrinth, speaking of labyrinth, uh, something that we like to do, uh, when we talk about a movie that we've, it's a newer segment that we've started to do is we do two truths and a lie. You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you guys. I oh, think no, go I ahead. have the, like the Bowie discography, like all wrong on, that can't be possible. Like Wikipedia. I get that wrong. Yeah. Wikipedia sucks though. So I'm looking at something else. It's just a person that comes up. Oh, tonight is the record with Blue Jean on it. I don't. Mm. That's not. It's not uh, called Blue Jean. I see. And then Never Let Me Down is the Glass Spider tour record. It's not called the Glass Spider. Okay. Uh, but actually, tonight, which is a song with Blue Jean on it, is After Less Dance, then the Labyrinth soundtrack mm. in '86, and then Never Let Me Down. Okay. Is uh, '87, and then he doesn't put another record out for five years. Wow. Well, it was a pretty busy time. I guess, making yeah, movies, making a, these records. Yeah, taking up. Yeah, he was cranking them out mm-hmm. for up until then. Do you have a year, favorite? Years. You have a favorite Bowie record? Uh to me, is more of a like a singles guy. Yeah, I have a lot of artists mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, like I mean, uh, I think the Berlin trilogy, lo, like low, I can listen to front to back. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's kind of it. I mean, yeah. like the singles are un touchable yeah right like uh, to me like among the best uh pop music or rock music totally experimental rock that was ever made or probably ever will be made but you know it's not like i don't know i mean i don't uh i don't know there's there's not a lot like even i don't know i mean i want to totally be 100 percent behind the berlin trilogy but Mm. you know they're not to me they're not all flawless from yeah Mm -hmm. With all these, there, I great... mean, like even Ziggy Stardust or something like that, or or Lad Insane. Like, there's great a couple unbelievably great right. and stuff for me that's fine. But yeah, I'm yeah. Blow my brains up, and it seems to be like every record of his has one or one or two or three mm-hmm. unbelievable bangers. And then yeah, with all these great uh, Bowie records out there, 
Laurie Anderson had room for solo bass. <laughs> um, she's she, she's she knows about music. No, yeah, no. I'm, I'm, and like I said, Devin, although a reprehensible person, uh-huh. is an extraordinarily oh. talented musician. I just want to say at least three times what a piece of shit I think he yeah, is. Fuck you. But, <laughs> but I do stand behind his playing, like it or not. Right. He is a, he is legit. <laughs> sure. Um. So speaking of Labyrinth, yes. speaking of David Bowie, mm-hmm. we do this thing that we started to do the last couple episodes where uh, based on a movie or something that we've watched, I do a two truths and a lie. Uh, hold on. I'm totally sorry to interrupt you. How many times do you, are you guys are super into Labyrinth? Um, I've seen it. I, I watched it a lot as a kid and I've seen it as an adult maybe two times. Yeah. What, uh, like what Muppet iteration have you guys seen the most of? The first Muppet movie. The- Probably oh, okay. the first Muppet movie. And I mean, the Muppet show. I've a, seen a lot, lot of, of the, the Muppet, Muppet show. show. I mean, all the movies I've kind of been on heavy rotation, like of the Muppet movies. Yeah. Dark Crystal and Labyrinth were not at the forefront of my Muppet brain. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> we watched Labyrinth a few months ago and uh, I had never seen it. And I loved it more than anything. I thought it was the oh, best cool. in the world. All right. It's like super, mm-hmm. I mean, it's corny and dumb and there's some parts that are like, you know, silly, but it's, uh, it's also kind of a masterpiece. I think, I think it's great. Oh, nice. mm-hmm. Is Phoebe Cates in that or am I? In Labyrinth? Yeah. It's Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. Uh, who is the main lead. She's like, okay. yeah, the main oh, girl who gets lost. Okay. And which leads us right into our game. All this right, is right on. And, Two and, truths and, and a lie. And you and Isaac are the contestants. Yeah, I don't know these. <laughs> and this is Two Truths and a Lie, Jennifer Connolly edition. You're going down, Jamie. Oh, I don't totally know who she is. I know. That's No, that's great. That's what we do. Uh, that's all right. I, yeah, okay. well, I mean, I recognize her name, but I I can't imagine what her what she looks like. Well, that's perfect. Because that's okay. basically how Isaac feels, except that she is the girl from Labyrinth. She's the girl from Labyrinth, and I okay. watched an interview from probably the late 90s of her and Conan the other day. She's also oh. in Rec- Requiem for a Dream, which you've seen. I've not seen that. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, that I have seen, and I think I would remember her more clearly from. Cool. Well, part of yeah, part of the part of the whole shtick of the show is that um, we don't know anything. Like yeah. we're not like when you're asking like what Muppet thing we've seen the most of. We're not like we well, like the Muppets. We keep <laughs> we keep really pissing off diehard Muppet fans for not yeah, we knowing get hate certain mail. things. Like we get. Sh- Get on a then like no one really listens to our podcast. Honestly, we have not the biggest fan base, but the but wh- the, whoever does hear it gets pissed. Like the Muppet fans are kind of not not into our thing, but that's fine. We have uh, we're yeah, the only I mean, ones. I guess if you're going to have a podcast, it might as well be about something you only kind of like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's something that I can spend okay. 13 hours of my life on. Yeah, but doesn't have to take over my life. No, it's okay. like I spend a few hours a week. Uh, Working on Muppet Up, and yeah, that's a that's a fun thing. Spend an hour looking up facts about Jennifer Connelly. Yeah, what? no worries. <laughs> that, that sounds that sounds healthy. Yeah. yeah, it's good for us. It's brought us closer together. It absolutely has. <laughs> that's, that seems worth it. All right, it is. All right, here are two truths and a lie about Jennifer Connelly. Great. Number one, Jasmine from Disney's Aladdin was visually based on her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That can't be true. I, Jennifer Connelly's white, right? Yeah. Two. Yes. I'm assuming it is true, though, sadly. 
Her son, David, appears in a Cold Cave music video. Wow. Oh, that seems seems possible. Definitely seems possible. Three, she cut two singles in Japan singing phonetic Japanese because her manager lied and said that she could speak Japanese, but she could not. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying the Jasmine one seems the least likely or the least possible. The other two seem weirdly possible to me. They all seem very possible to me. The cold cave. When did Aladdin come out? Probably. Uh, I don't know. Probably ninety-eight. That's a great Uh, guess. Oh yeah, that timeline sort of fits. Yeah. Sheesh. I mean, the cold. Are they all true? I I, I want to think they're all true. Like I, I am having a hard time. Jack is very good at this and and often dupes me. So. Ninety-two, Aladdin. Really? Much earlier than I would. Wow. Um, I've seen that maybe once. I've seen it uh, once or twice. Um, Final answers. What is the lie? I'm going to say the lie is that her son was in a Cold Cave music video. If any of them are a lie, these are all super good. Yeah. Thank you. Shoot. I guess I'll say, uh, yeah, I'll say Cold Cave music video. I, I think I'm wrong. Jamie? I'm going no... I'm anti, I'm not on Team Jasmine. I quit Team Jasmine. Yeah. All right. The answer is the Jasmine thing is true. Wow. No kidding. Wow. The Japanese singles thing is true. Wow. You just made up the cold cave thing? Yeah. Wow. That's a masterpiece. Actually, any of them would have been masterpieces, but wow, that one Jack. seems the most masterful. That seemed the most possible to that's, me. Wow. I'm Thank impressed you. with you, Jack. Thank you. That was awesome. Um, also, her husband's name is David. I couldn't find her son's name. Wow. <laughs> but um, I thought I needed to have the name in there or else it would sound more fake. Yeah, I I mean, I was next to you when you were coming up with these, and I heard you gasp. And, I, I mean, I'm glad I'm right, but the, the one, cold cave thing is like, the, I think you would have gasped. The one that I gasped about was the phonetic Japanese one. That yeah, one is that's, pretty uh, crazy. That's, that's, God, I, I'm curious as to what those sounded like to people who speak Japanese. Probably I like believe that it happened more than once. Yeah, two, two singles. Oh, yeah, like the first thing that I right. saw. That should have made me not believe it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was Googling Jennifer Connelly trivia, and yeah. the first thing that, that or the one of the things that came up was she cut a single. And I was like, that's crazy. And I was looking at another thing, and it said two singles. Wow. That's bananas. So it was so great. They had to do it again. Wow. Thank you both so much for playing. <laughs> Thanks, Two Truths and a Lie, Jennifer Connelly edition. Well, Jamie, we don't want to keep you too much longer. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on. This. Thank you for doing something so preposterous. <laughs> I, I, I support any preposterous pursuit. Well, we thank you so much it. for being into it. Yeah. Um, I want you to, you know, if you got things to plug, I know you're going on tour with AJJ coming up. Uh, if you got, you know, Things to talk about, let our listeners know. Now's your chance to do it. All 18 of them. <laughs> uh, I, I cut up and ate one of the best watermelons I've ever had in my entire life wow. yesterday. So I oh, would wow. like to share that in, in, innate and primordial joy mm. with oh, your that, listeners. I'd like to plug so good. that the possibility for fruit-based innate mm. and primordial joy is still out there. Where where are you field. living right now? In Los Angeles. Uh, I was born here. I grew up here. In L.A. 
watermelon sounds pretty good right now. Uh, our listeners they generally say they're usually not very good here. I think I just got I got really lucky. I mm. lived in North Carolina for a little while, and there was like two months a year in the summer where it was, oh god, yeah, oh god, like it made, I don't know. There are a few other reasons to live than <laughs> buying a watermelon out of the back of some guy's truck on the oh, yeah. corner in August in one of the worst places in the world. <laughs> <laughs> What was the, uh, there was a fruit, what was the fruit that Johnny brought me? They were fuzzy. It was a, like a nectarine. They were fuzzy nectarines. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and like, isn't that a peach? It was, they, but they're uh, small. It they're was small, oh, oh, oh. different. I thought they were apples. Like they were so, no. I didn't really, they oh, were I little. Those, I think, are the, is that a loquat or? I don't know, but we were, uh, I just went on a road trip and we were eating kumquats by the fistful. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Those are good. My, my friend Skylar, who I went on this road trip with has like their, their parents have a tree. So we just got it off the tree for the drive. Oh Oh, my God. Mm. Transcendent. Beautiful. So I'm glad that we ended on, uh, we ended on, we ended on fruit. Um, Fruitopia. Yeah. Fruitopia. (laughs) Well, Jamie, thank you so much. This ruled. We really appreciate you taking the time to get oh, on Muppet Up. Oh, thank you guys for taking the time. It was nice to talk with you. Thanks for being our first real guest. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you bye, so much. See you bye. soon. Bye-bye, so Jamie. Thank you. Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Wow. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you so much, Jamie Stewart of Shushu. This is Jack and Isaac uh, now at a different... We're doing this at a different this time. This is later. Uh, we... That wasn't that interview fucking awesome. I had fun. It was very fun, and I really appreciate Jamie coming on. Really means a lot to us mm-hmm. uh, to have Jamie Stewart be our first not friend guest. But now he is our friend. Now he's our friend. Now he's our best friend. Yeah, he's definitely one of my best friends in the world. Yeah, he's like the labyrinth of my friends. The a best. five out of five. <laughs> a bet the best. Yeah. Um. Thank you guys so much for listening to another mm-hmm. episode of Muppet Up and. I'm assuming that many people listening to this one are first-time listeners. Yeah. Because they came for Shushu. Yeah. Uh, hope we didn't let you down. Yeah, it's fun to... Um, I can't wait to see how the Muppet fan and Shushu fan... Uh, oh, there's so much crossover. There's going to be some crossover. Yeah, of course. Where that Venn diagram yeah. meets right in the middle. Yeah, so... That's Muppet up, baby. That, that being said, little introduction podcast about the Muppets. Yeah. Uh, this is our 15th? 13th. 14th. 14th. This will be our 14th episode. 14th episode. Got all kinds of good stuff and all all kinds of good stuff coming. This is going to be a crazy season before we're before we're through here. Yeah. Um I recommend starting uh-huh. with the uh, Muppets Take Manhattan episode. I think start with the Muppets Take Manhattan episode. Oriented yeah. to what we do because we spend a lot of time establishing sort of our viewpoint on the Muppets. Yeah. So uh, maybe check that one out if you're into what we're doing. Uh, and also uh, you can just continue on our, our journey from here. Yeah. Because we got lots of good stuff, like I said, coming up. Yep. But in the meantime, as always, I'm Isaac Beach. And I'm Jack Hobbegger. And together... We're moving right along. Bye. Moving right along in search of good times and good news. With good friends you can't lose. This could become a habit. Up.
Phoenix once. Let's reach out and grab it. Yeah. Together we'll nab it. We'll hitchhike bus or yellow cabin.